uh, title of this message is The Acknowledgement. The Acknowledgement. And without the acknowledgement, our lives will never quite work for God or work right for God. Now, I have a little plaque in my office on my desk, Philippians 4 and verse 13. I think Kelly gave this to me. I like it. It's a powerful scripture. It says, uh, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And I was looking at it one morning, and I thought, do I really believe this? I sort of, you know, we, we humans, we sort of look at our lives and we think, well, I've, I've done a lot of things on my own, with my own strength, you know. And I didn't really ask for God's help, you know. I mean, I've accomplished, I've done a lot of things, I do a lot of things, and I'm not sure if I really was asking for God's help. And... You know, sometimes when you love to do something and you're good at it, why would you ask for God's help? You like to do it? You're good at it? You know you're good at it? Hey, I can do this on my own. <laughs> you know, we uh, often have an independent spirit that we all have. We celebrate the 4th of July. We celebrate our independence. Our ego likes to take credit for things. I know that. You know, I, is I did that. that. That garage, I, I built that, you know. I made that. I did that. I accomplished that. Whatever. One time I had David Johnson over, and I, I, I showed him around the house, and I said, I said, that's my biggest tree. <laughs> and he laughed, and he said, you know, it's sort of like we take credit for everything. You know, it's like, it's like I grew that, you know. I, I grew it from a seed, and now I can barely get my arms around. That, that's my biggest tree, you know. And, uh, and, of course, Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18 says, For it is he that gives the power to get wealth. Okay? You know, and, and again, that, that, that's sort of a, just a natural, look, I, I'm successful, I, I did this, I accomplished that, I've got my business, you know, I got that. And, and I sometimes wonder, do we comprehend God's work in our lives on a continuous basis. And we're familiar with the person, the being who said this, for you have said in your heart, I will ascend unto heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. I, I will, I will, I will, I will. We know who said this. So it sounds like me sometimes. Sounds like you sometimes. And in James 4 and verse 13, it says, Go to now, you that say today or tomorrow we will go into such a city. And continue there three years. I've got plans. I'm making plans. I'm going to buy and I'm going to sell. I'm going to get gain. Whereas you know not what shall be on the morrow, for what is your life? It is like a vapor that appears for a little time and then vanishes away. For you ought to say, and I don't know, I don't know how I missed this. You ought to say, 
if the Lord will, we shall live. What? I don't know how I overlooked that one. You know? And do this or that. You know, only the living do this or that. In order to do this or that, you've got to be living. If the Lord wills, we shall live. You mean to tell me we are that dependent on God? Yes, we are. Or do, but do we know it? Do we realize it on a day-to-day basis? I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. Is it possible to live the biggest part of your life and not even realize God was with you all the way? It's sort of like the song we just heard. Even the trials and the bad times and the tears and and yet through all that misery, whatever you're going through, God is there with you. But is it possible to live the biggest part of my life and not even realize, hey, God was in that. God was with me. I often will go back and look at things that I've done or did and things that I've built. I love to build things and I built a garage. I built a gazebo. I added on to my home. And I'll look at projects years later, and I'll look at it, and I'll think, I can't believe I did that. If I had it to do over again, I wouldn't even try it. I mean, that, that's, that's a big project. I, can, I can't believe I did that. You know, there's a story. You don't have to turn there. In Exodus, there's this person. I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. We'll call him Bobby, let's say. <laughs> but it, it says, uh, Exodus 31 and verse 3, I have filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom and in understanding and in knowledge and all manner of workmanship to devise cunning works, to work in gold and silver and in brass and in cutting of stones, to set them and in carving of timber, to work in all manner of work, workmanship. You know, normally we think of the Spirit of God, we think about, you know, we think about spiritual growth, we think about knowledge, we think, we think about a lot of things when we think about the Spirit of God, but do we think about just day-to-day things that you're good at that you can do? That I filled him with my spirit to do these things. It's not just that you're good at it. You're good at it for a reason. Because I filled him with my spirit. And I've looked at things that I've done around the house and I think, I've never been trained to do these. I've never been, no one ever taught me how to do carpenter work. No one ever taught me how to do electrical work. No one ever taught me how to do plumbing. I didn't take a course in this, or shingles, or uh, roofing, or uh, uh, sheetrock. It just sort of comes natural. You know, I just look at things, and I think, yeah, that's how it needs to be done. I imagine the wires running through the, you know, the building, and I think, okay, this, I've got a, now, I don't always do it perfectly. Sometimes I mess up stuff. I built a, a staircase leads up to my office. And the, the building inspector came out. And when he pulled up, I noticed he had these fake bullet holes on his car. You ever seen these fake bullet You know, you can paste them on your car. It looks like the car has been shot up. And I thought, that's strange. I wonder how come he's got these fake bullet holes. And when he left, I found out why. He said, you've got to redo this whole staircase. It's, the risers are not right. The treads are not right. And I was getting ready to put some real bullet holes in that guy's car. You know, uh, I mean, but I could tell, you know, he, he, you got to have it done right. You know, the building code or whatever. You know, that's why the Bible says you build a, you build a, you know, put a railing around the roof of your home. 
they had flat roofs, and, and it was it, these laws are actually built into our building codes. It's to keep you safe. It's to keep other people safe. And there are good laws. <clears throat> but is it possible to live the biggest part of your life and not even realize God was with you all the way? In uh, Exodus 14, verse 10, I'm just going to look at a little story here. Exodus 14, verse 10 relates to the deliverance in the days of unleavened bread, Passover season. Exodus 14, verse 10. And when Pharaoh drew nigh, the children of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians marched after them. And they were sore afraid, and the children of Israel cried out unto the Lord. And they said unto Moses, Because there were no graves in Egypt, have you taken us away to die in the wilderness? Wherefore have you dealt with us to carry us forth out of Egypt? And we, we remember the, the leeks, the onions, the garlics, all the good stuff we had back in Egypt. We want to go back to Egypt. It's not this the word that we did tell you in Egypt, saying, Let us alone, that we may serve the Egyptians, serve sin, whatever. For it had been better for us to serve the Egyptians than we should die in this wilderness. And Moses said to the people, fear not, stand still. And that's a hard thing to do. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will show you today. For the Egyptians whom you have seen today, you shall see them no more forever. The Lord shall fight for you, and you shall hold your peace. And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak to the children of Israel that they go forward. There is a point of surrender and acknowledgement God wants us to bring us to. A point of surrender and the acknowledgement. And it's found right here in the story. Coming to the end of yourself. I mean, what, what were their options at this point? I'm just sitting there and I'm thinking, you know, how, how can I depend on myself at this point? You know, we do, okay, what's my way out at this point? Well, I can, we can scale the mountains. Nah, that won't, that's not going to work. We can turn and fight Pharaoh. That's a stupid idea. Uh, <laughs> we can run into the ocean. We can walk on water. That's not going to work. We can give Moses to Pharaoh. They probably thought about that one. Let's sacrifice Moses. Let's, let's say, here's the guy you're looking for. Just let us alone. <laughs> here's, uh, as far as what they could do for themselves, nothing. You know, you, you come, to, you go through A to Z. I've tried it all. A to Z, nothing's going to work here. There is a point of surrender and acknowledgement God wants to bring us to. Stand still. And see the salvation of the Lord. So what does God want us to acknowledge? Okay, we're standing still. But what do we need to acknowledge? Let's take a look at it in John 5 and verse 30. John 5 and verse 30. Jesus says in John 5 and verse 30. I can of my own self do nothing. 
As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is just, because I seek not my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Do you believe that? Do you believe that about what Jesus said? I can, of my own self, do nothing. His preexistence, he could do anything and everything. Anything, everything you want to do, I can do it all. His preexistence. But when you put God in the flesh, of my own self, I can do nothing. And I thought about this. I thought, how hard was it for Jesus to ride a camel from point A to point B? I mean, think of, here was a being who could travel at the speed of thought. Now he's in the flesh, and I've got to tolerate this nasty, stinking camel to get to, you know, just to several miles down the road, and I've got to ride this thing for four hours. Father, I need your help in, in riding this camel. Now, that may sound mundane. I mean, that's a small thing, but... It depends on who you are. It depends on where you've been before. Now I've got to tolerate the, the riding this camel. Um, and I'm not talking about so much the really hard things, you know. Okay, the hard things, okay, Lord, if it's possible, take this cup from me. Sometimes we handle the really hard things better than the little things. It's the little things I want us to consider. That's why I gave you the example of Jesus riding a camel. Father, I'm going to need help. I can't of my own self do nothing. I'm going to need your help in riding this camel from point A to point B. You know, it's like the saying I heard one time. It said, Lord, so far I've done very well. I haven't lusted. I haven't sinned. I haven't gotten angry. I haven't done anything really wrong yet, but I'm about to get up out of bed. And from this point, I'm going to need your help. <laughs> In John 5 and verse 19, the acknowledgement. Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the Son can do nothing of himself. But what he sees the Father do, what things soever he does, these also does the Son likewise. The son can do nothing of himself. Here again is the concept that we find so hard to believe. And then John 15 and verse 5. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Not much, not a little, nothing. Okay. We got that. All right. <clears throat> what a friend we have in Jesus. All of our sins and grief to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. What peace we often forfeit. What needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Trials and temptations, trouble everywhere. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Sorrows. Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Weak and heavy laden, cumbered with a load of care, take it to the Lord in prayer. Friends despise and forsake thee, take it to the Lord in prayer. The words reveal 
a person who understood the words of Jesus. The song reveals a person who understood the words of Jesus. For without me, you can do nothing. Do we take everything to God in prayer? What are you praying about? What do you think you've got? You know, I've got this conquered. I, I can do this on my own, whatever, my own strength. You know, we have, we've been listening to this uh, marriage counseling by Jimmy Evans. Uh, he's a great, very good marriage counsel, counselor, and we've been going to these CDs, DVDs by Jimmy Evans, Marriage Today. And their marriage was on the brink of divorce. And one day he said, he, he came to himself and he, he said to God, Lord, I can't love my wife the way she deserves to be loved. I can't love my wife. He woke up one day and realized, I cannot love my wife the way she deserves to be loved. You know, there, there are plenty of people in the world who probably need to understand that. They've struggled with maybe addictions. They've struggled with pornography. They've struggled with the lust of the flesh. And they, they wonder what's going on. And, and they've never come to a point where they, where they admit, admit it, Lord, I can't love my wife the way she deserves to be loved. I can't. And I need your help. And he talks about once he acknowledged that, his marriage turned around. Without the acknowledgement, your life will never work for God. So what does God want us to acknowledge? Simply, Lord, I can't. I can't. There are some people in God's church that I cannot love or have a hard time at it, <laughs> struggling with it. Lord, there's people in God's church I can't love. God, I can't minister to these people. I can't do this outreach. Well, I can do it in my own strength. That's not what I'm talking about. That, that basically gets you, Lord, I can't minister. I can't do this outreach. I can't love this miserable, maybe, work that I'm doing. Uh, I can't serve others. I can't bear this infirmity. Lord, I can't. I can't. Lord, I can't even, go, you know, I don't even want to go to the grocery store today. Little things. Little things. Jesus asked the Father, I believe, for help riding a camel. <laughs> so you see the contrast between I will ascend into the heavens, ascend, ascend into the heavens. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit upon the mount of the congregation. I will ascend above the heights of the cloud. I will be like the most high. I will, I will, I will. The I am statements. The I will statements. And you see the contrast between the two, between the two and the other, you know, the contrast, hey, admitting there are some people in God's church I can't love. I can't minister to these people. You know, I can't do this. There's a huge contrast, and it, whose team are you on? It's for, very easy for God to see where you're at by what you don't ask for, little prayer, what you think you can do on your own. It's very very easy for God to see where you stand in that area, whose side you're on, where you measure up. Very easy for God to know. 
You know, when the children of Israel were surrounded by Pharaoh's army, all God wanted to hear was two words. Lord, we can't. Lord, I can't. That's all I wanted to hear. There's a point of surrender and acknowledgement God wants to bring us to. And without the acknowledgement, often our lives will not work for God. But when, when we make the acknowledgement, Lord, I can't, God comes along and says, oh, yes, you can. Because you can do all things. Because I am the one who gives you strength. 